0: Welcome back to a new episode of The Talk, the podcast about changing the world from Nordea Private Banking. Today's episode was recorded in Oslo a few months ago with an entrepreneur who set out to reinvent healthcare in Norway. After seeing an Apple keynote where they presented the programming language Swift, he decided to give it a go, despite having no programming experience. He ended up creating Norway's leading telemedicine service, Ayer, a service that has now become more important than ever. Prepare to get inspired in this talk with the fascinating founder and CEO of Ayer, Carl Martin Lind. You are digitizing healthcare is that a good way of
1: uh, putting it? Yeah, I think that's uh, exactly right. We are making uh, healthcare more efficient and uh, making it more uh, available to patients all around the world.
0: If you just look at the problem we have facing us with the aging population and you know everything uh, going on and just training more doctors is the brute force way is not the way to go, right? We need to make use what we have more efficiently.
1: Yeah, I absolutely think that's uh, the right way to go. We uh, see that the patients we uh, we have are treated much more efficiently uh, than a physical visit. So we save both the patient's time and the doctor's time. Uh, so our doctors is probably, or, or must be by far the most efficient uh, doctors in, in Norway, I believe.
0: Yeah, and how long has this company been around?
1: Well, I started getting the ID in uh, 2014. Um, my background was actually from f- finance, and I used to work on the Chicago Board of Trade. And you might ask me this question later, but uh, <laughs> I'll um, I'll start with it now because it relates to your, your first question. Uh, and um, on the Chicago Board of Trade, you know, I would give would get this piece of paper. which said where it said, uh, where it said uh, buy three thousand contracts of soybean, and uh, it was on a piece of cardboard. Um, and then my last uh, job after that was, uh, as a quantitative analyst in London. And, uh, that was a fully digital, uh, aspect of uh, finance. And, um, we're doing something similar in healthcare, um, making it more available and making it more secure and, um,
0: so, if you would describe it in more, like a little bit more concrete, what, what is the product that you offer?
1: We allow you to speak to a doctor or a video call. Um, that's the main service we do. But we also have several other uh, services, such as vaccines. Uh, you can order vaccines in the app and have it uh, set in one of uh, 150 pharmacies in Norway right now, uh, which uh, was um, um, introduced by us uh, a year and a half ago. And it's grown tremendously and become like the standard in the industry right now.
0: Wow. And, and that's been a quite a quick, quick journey
1: then. Absolutely. The growth has been uh, absolutely tremendous. When uh, when we launched uh, I in uh, January 2017, uh, we were the first in the market. And um, no one really thought this would go anywhere. Uh, within uh, 12 months, uh, every single healthcare insurer in Norway had us or um, another similar service. Uh, so that was 12 months f- to full adoption uh, within this industry. And it's been the same with um, vaccines. Uh, when we launched, uh, it was 25 pharmacies and and just the chain we work with is 150 pharmacies now.
0: So how would you say uh, Norway and and I guess the Nordics in general, how do we compare to the rest of the world? How modern are we?
1: Uh, I get that question a lot, uh, and uh, not particularly, uh, I feel. I mean, Sweden certainly uh, is far ahead of uh, Norway in in most regards in uh, digitization, and it's based on the incentive model in Sweden compared to Norway or Finland, I believe, or Denmark, for that matter. But, uh, you know, you still see a lot of paper being shuffled around. uh, uh, Radiology answers uh, and and X-ray imaging uh, result is sent in paper to the doctor. Uh, blood tests are sent in mass in the in the, in the mail, uh, and uh, this receives uh, this uh, get lost in the mail, and it's uh, it's still a very very manual uh, system. Yeah,
0: and I mean, given given the cost of healthcare, just the sheer size, it's uh, I I heard the number uh, the other day what the size of the market was in Sweden, and I had to have it repeated to me because i didn't believe the number it was a huge huge number and just how and, and it's all paid for by by you know tax money just and just fixing a few percent of that efficiency is a huge deal
1: yeah so uh this is just a, and that's why we see the growth we do um there's a big unmet need uh, among the population for accessible healthcare. Uh, and we see it uh, also particularly among men. Most of our customers are, are men, and uh, they uh, uh, use it. It's probably a good thing for them that they go more to the doctor. Um, and, uh, like you mentioned, uh, the impact of uh, the aging population. Uh, we have a number here in Norway that said 30% of all students in Oslo have to study health related uh, sciences us to be able to treat uh, the the aging population in the same manner we do today
0: yeah given that you don't do make it more efficient right
1: given uh, that you do what you do now yeah Yeah. and uh, obviously that's not sustainable we would go bankrupt uh, before that would ever happen so we have to do something Uh, and uh, if we end up uh, just importing doctors from other countries they will uh, suffer there so we have to deliver the the same or better service and i believe we have to deliver better service more accessible healthcare and more healthcare to uh, our parents um, but with the same amount of resources and um, that's where technology comes in Uh, all doctors most doctors at least i speak to believe that technology is a big part of uh, how that will be sold
0: And how do you see, if you look ahead in the future, how do you see healthcare in 10 years from now? How is that going to work, do you think?
1: Well, you have dreams and then you have, uh, it's probably realistic. um, I believe that um, healthcare is uh, accessible uh, to everyone. Uh, 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 I believe that you uh, as a patient have full access and control over your own health data. You decide uh, where it's saved and who has access to it. And that's uh, hopefully it's all in one place. Uh, Hopefully uh, the governments have this uh, healthcare record where everything is stored and we have APIs uh, into that uh, instead of it being in silos in some uh, cupboard uh, at your doctor. Uh, We should have a centralized cloud-based storage of all your healthcare records so that it's accessible to the healthcare practitioners uh, when they need it to to help you, and when you allow it, and when you allow it, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so I guess you will have some kind of private key that is tied to you, and that will unencrypt things.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, like yeah, but it's like a bank account. All of this is sold in banking already, yeah. uh, decades ago. Actually, we have centralized payment system for a long time, and it's not too dissimilar to that. Right.
0: Yeah. And, and, uh, what you mentioned about, uh, health data also is, is a lot about having more better data, right? Now you have like a few data points, like, you know, the blood test from a couple of places, blood pressures from a couple of places. In the future, you would be able to have maybe a whole history of, of, Blood pressures that you get every day, or you know something along that, those lines, right?
1: Absolutely. And that was actually one of the ideas I worked on before I started. I was an app called Fitmetrics. And uh, it would synchronize uh, health data from different sources and make it uh, available to you. And then the thinking was that, well, let's uh, share this with the doctor and uh, make sense of it. And so we decided to make AIR to uh, make it possible for you to meet a doctor. And, and now we're gradually adding more and more data to it and um, vaccines is one uh, integrations with healthcare records is another one but like you say uh, at home um, monitoring or home testing or uh, capillary tests coming closer and closer to the patients uh, is a enormous uh, trend that's started in the US now and it will uh, for sure come here uh, soon as well our challenge is then to use these resources um, uh in the right manner, uh, and, uh, make sure that, uh, patients are not, uh, you know, getting word, a word, uh, that, uh, they're sick if they're not. And so th- there are some, some both some ethical, um, issues in- involved with that, but, uh, this is a important part of the future of healthcare and uh, we just have to find uh, the right way through it with, uh, with sensible entrepreneurs, sensible politicians and lawmakers. I believe we can do it.
0: Yeah, and it kind of feels as we are living in the Stone Age that we'll be laughing at how we were doing things just <laughs> 10 <laughs> years from now, right?
1: Absolutely. Uh, the, if you can imagine having uh, writing checks to your friends for after dinner or paying someone, uh, that's how healthcare works today still. They're still in that uh, universe with faxes and checks and the CD-ROM uh, <laughs> <laughs> where the rest of the world has moved on. Um, you yeah, know, many steps from that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, and and given it's such an important thing for us, and it's so expensive, such a big, big huge part of our, you know, GDP. That's fascinating stuff.
1: Yeah, it's a huge uh, opportunity for um, the government to uh, improve healthcare and to. Uh, Make life better for the doctors as well. You see what's going on in Denmark with a new healthcare record there that wasn't uh, made in the right way and uh, made in um, a system or a different country that didn't suit the Nordic model. And uh, it's uh, truly a tremendous scandal uh, happened there. And um, we have to get better systems that are suitable for our system.
0: So I guess building this has been smooth sailing all along and super easy, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, no, there's uh, ups and downs uh, to being an entrepreneur and um, working, uh, you know, 70 hour weeks, uh, year after year. Um, it's uh, a really demanding, like I'm sure you know, and you met many entrepreneurs. It's, um, it's not uh, for everyone. And uh, it's uh, super challenging, but also, of course, extremely rewarding to have people uh, for, uh, work with you on the vision that you have for the future uh, and hire people that are growing and learning and uh, experience the thrill of changing the future uh, like you hope to. It's, uh, it's, it's very exciting. Yeah, it's, um, it's a lifestyle. Absolutely. Well, lifestyle, it's my life. (laughs) Uh, So it's all-encompassing. Yeah, lifestyle, I guess, is the right word.
0: So when when have been... I mean, it's really easy. Whenever I ask entrepreneurs about the tough times, I can talk to them for hours. But when I ask them about, you know, when has it been a really good time? When did you celebrate last? And they're all like thinking, like, I I can't remember doing that. (laughs) 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 But what have been for you? Like a magical moment where you felt like, wow, we made it.
1: Yeah. Um, I listened to one of the other podcasts and uh, uh, some of, uh, one guy said, you know, like by the time you are, uh, can celebrate, uh, you have already moved on mentally in so many ways. Uh, and it's so true. And we talk about this actually at, all, at work that we have to, okay, when we achieve something, we should set off the time to celebrate what we've accomplished. And it's important uh, to mark those milestones for the company and for everyone. Um, but uh, obviously, uh, well, I started out not knowing how to program uh, from the very beginning. And I spent a long time uh, being, uh, learning how to program, making the, this app and uh, um, sitting at home for months and months. Actually, my I reduced um, my, my voice or vocal cord was almost destroyed because I didn't speak oh, at all. Really? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Never heard that uh, before. <laughs> Yeah, I was uh, a hermit for for a long time, but I learned how to program, and, and we programmed uh, an app that uh, is helping uh, to push the future of healthcare forward.
0: But wait, I have to stop you here. What you learned how to program, so you, you for this? Yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's incredible. So you came from from not programming to to actually sitting down, learning to program and coding this app. Yeah, that's incredible.
1: Yeah, it's um, it, was, <laughs> it was very difficult. And I didn't know anyone who knew how to program. So all I had was uh, something called Stack Overflow, which is a forum where you can ask other programmers about questions. Um, yeah, I just literally uh, saw the Worldwide Developer Conference at Apple and they launched a programming language called Swift. And I thought, well, that doesn't look too difficult. <laughs> <laughs> And a uh, little, little did I know two years later um, how hard it was. This, this
0: is such an inspiration for so many people. i I'd never I heard, heard something so, like yeah. this. Everybody thinks that you have to, you know, kids today, they learn how to code when they're in kindergarten. and and Or they get this fancy degree from Stanford. Hmm. And that's, you know, you have to hire one of those. But you were like, no, no, no I'm going to do this myself. I saw this on the Apple <laughs> Conference. That looks, that's so funny I, I love i i love that you do that
1: yeah well it's a uh, very hard work but uh programming is uh i never knew that before i started programming but uh, it's the most creative tool you can have with program you can make or create anything really so uh, if you feel creative it's one of the Best things you can do because uh, it opens up uh, a whole universe of uh, ways to express your creativity.
0: So, from the first line of code you wrote, "Hello World" or something, whatever you wrote, yeah. From that to having a, a prototype of an app that kind of worked, yeah. How long time did that take?
1: Uh, I started. Uh, well, I sat down. I think in uh, October, November, two thousand fourteen. Uh, and then I launched uh, Fitmetrics, which was, uh, I mean, it, arguably the code was terrible, but it worked really well <laughs> from the customer's point of view. And it was launched in the, the App Store on, uh, I think, May, or June, July 2015. And uh, from there...
0: What, was that a year? Uh, 2015. Did I get that right?
1: Uh, well, like seven, eight months, yeah. Seven, eight months. Okay, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, to launch, launch the first app and then i started immediately on on air and then uh, that took a little bit longer with video and payment and secure id bank id you know all these features that you use is, is in a minimum viable product that we had to launch but uh yeah so one magical moment came when we did a demo with uh, our first customer and the video popped up and uh, everything worked uh that was super exciting mm-hmm. and um our first hire, William, uh, in business development was a huge step. Camilla uh, in operations, as an operations manager, helped me tremendously. I mean, the team in Ukraine, our programmers, uh, many of the milestones, I feel like is the people that actually work with us and uh, seeing that work smoothly. Uh, and then, of course, getting funding uh, is, uh, I don't know if I want to call it a milestone, but it's a great enabler, of course. Yeah.
0: Just, just out of curiosity, I don't want to, you know, dig too much in this programming business because that's not why you're here. But just I have to ask: when you first let somebody else see your code, what did they say? <laughs> spaghetti. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, no, I mean, um, <clears throat> some of it was obviously terrible, but um, yeah, no, I think spaghetti was worse. <laughs> <laughs> so. If you look back
0: now, what would you change if you could do it all over again? Where would you cut some corners and make it better?
1: Well, one of the reasons I started learning programming was that my aunt, she's a programmer, and she said to me when I told her about uh, the idea that, I said, well, I'm in finance, I'll just raise money and then uh, we'll hire people to do the programming. And uh, she said, that's a terrible idea. You uh, You have to learn this yourself, otherwise you won't be able to, understand what the programmers do and you'll just probably waste a lot of money um and uh that's one of the things that inspired me was my aunt who told me this so um what was your question
0: i I can't even remember (laughs) (laughs) what, what would you change if you could do it all over again? yeah
1: I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't change it, uh, but it, it was. A, it had a big impact on uh, on me uh, in both, and it was challenging. I sit there for a year and a half uh, in total, uh, getting into this MVP uh, of of IED. But uh, I think we're stronger and better for it. Uh, change. I think maybe we should uh, now, or should I or earlier moved abroad. Uh, ha, think internationally, uh, not just from a customer point of view, but from a operational point of view and from a fundraising point of view. Maybe we should have had an a, an office in London or New York or Stockholm, uh, because uh, the ecosystem in Norway for fundraising and digital uh, health is uh, is not very mature, but uh, it's a, you know in Sweden it's uh, enormous.
0: Yeah, and so one of your advice would be, okay, so learn learn the craft, because you'll become a better at uh, buying the service if you can do it yourself from the beginning, because you understand what you buy.
1: Yeah, you can communicate better with uh, everyone in the, in the company. Uh, right. And also, you know, uh, one thing that's very important about healthcare is obviously privacy and security, and having this instilled from the beginning how important this is uh, as part of our culture in the, in, in the company. Um... Was kind of set in stone uh, by by me and my co-founder, yeah. uh, so that that's carried on uh, down the line. Yeah,
0: yeah. So so that would be one of your advice to make sure you know what you know. You know the craft. But if you have two more pieces of advice for an entrepreneur starting up, what would those be?
1: Uh, well, the right people uh, is uh, like everyone says. You know, picking the right people to work with you, the people that uh, understand your vision that uh, is uh, the most important part. Uh, it's the people that work with you every day that make things happen. It's not uh, an advisor or investors for that matter. It's the people on sitting next to you and doing the things, going through the to-do list, taking one step after the other, just knocking down barriers day by day and uh, getting the work done. And, uh, and then fundraising... Uh, you have to be patient, uh, to be sure that you uh, have enough time to raise money, uh, make sure that you don't get in- discouraged by too many no's. That happens to everyone and just keep on working with it and improving. Um, We've been very fortunate with good partnerships. Uh, that has given us a tremendous uh, distribution that uh, would be impossible without uh, an enormous amount of funding. You just have to be patient and have to have grit. Uh, I keep on coming back to this: is it's very tough to be an entrepreneur, and this ability to keep on chugging along and don't give up. Uh, this is crucial. You won't get far without it. So like um, like with this, uh, you mentioned this learning how to program. You, it's uh, that's that was just the first step. I, uh, nothing would happen before before that was done. So patience or grit. Yeah.
0: Man, I think this has been strange. I thought we would be talking about other things, but just realizing how you approach this, this this is uh, quite unique. Of all the people I've met, I've never heard anybody that just, I value myself. (laughs) so, but that's that's fascinating. I'm and I'm I'm super happy you came by. Is there something that you want to uh, talk about that I haven't mentioned?
1: Well, there are, there are many things we could talk about, but uh, like the, the like the people, uh, we are where we are because of the people. Uh, and make sure that you pick uh, right people with the right uh, skills and skills that are complementary uh, to your to yourself. Uh, if you do that, uh, you will feel like you have superpowers. And uh, that your team is uh, invincible. Uh, mm. So just make sure that you have an open mind. And pick, you know, if you have a weakness, find someone that's super good at this. If you're good at uh, programming, find someone that's good at business. If you're good with uh, finance, bad with financing or f- liquidity or economics, then find someone that has a uh, really good understanding of uh, of this this will make your life um, much better.
0: Yeah, that I think that's probably one of the most common rookie mistakes that you kind of, especially when you come out of school and you, you start a company with your best friend who's, yeah. who's the most similar to you. Yeah. Uh, that's the worst thing probably you can do.
1: Yeah, well, after you lived a few years and worked and uh, worked, you, you realize that other people are all unique. Other people are just as amazing as you are, <laughs> uh, and uh, you realize that uh, that's a huge resource if you can tap into it.
0: This was uh, this was inspiring. I love talking to you, and uh, I think uh, we'll see a lot of uh, programmers coming out now, (laughs) later in life, Uh, but you're not that old, right? How old are you?
1: Just turned 40. No, we're the same age. (laughs)
0: Kind of, yeah, Yeah, (laughs) I'm 41 uh that's very inspiring so uh y- you should know that you could start program right programming right now
1: <laughs> absolutely yeah. uh if you are fortunate enough to have time to to do it uh i recommend people to uh, anyone to do it. Yeah. it it grows your mind and it grows your um, potential so um yeah just sit down and open stack overflow learn yeah. swift and uh, create something yeah I'm so
0: happy you came by. And uh, I'm I'm in your town, but uh, you know, uh, I'm so happy you came by Epicenter to to, uh, have a chat with me.
1: I'm so happy that you invited me. Thank you so much for a nice conversation. Thank you. I hope to see you soon. Me too.
0: Thank you for listening. If you liked this episode, Hit subscribe so you don't miss next month's season finale of The Talk, the podcast about changing the world. From Nordea, private banking. See you then.